We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This thing on? See, now I'm getting mad. Because it's getting ready to be on. I want my whiskey to bite me a little bit. This is the kind of psychopath that I hang out with. I got beat up outside of a Denny's. The Rockpile Report. With Buffalo Bills season ticket holder, Drew Gear. He likes to get in the ex's nose. Something I can't do with this podcast because I drink too much. Chris Kruger. My rollerblading blonde mohawk producer. The pettiest, hardest drinking Bills podcast. I'm an adult. I know what I'm about. Everybody to a surprise edition of the Rock Power Report podcast. <laughs> you weren't expecting another show from us, and yet here we are. This is what I'm referring to as the knee jerk reaction pod. As we are here, we're in studio. We've got Andy Parks in. Andy, how you doing? I'm doing great. Uh, you sure, Chris? Yeah, are you sure? Are we all okay? Yeah, so far so good. Talking about the surprise announcement today that, lo and behold, Von Miller is actually going to be out for the entire uh, entirety of the 2022 season. We've come a long way from, I'll be back for the Jets game, to <laughs> IR, to, oh boy. Well, as I crack an ice house, because that's the type of podcast we're doing tonight. I'm drinking ice house. Thanks a lot, Mark. I, as I'm sure you've all heard. The news broke this afternoon that despite a lot of the optimism that the football team held and that the player himself held, Von Miller himself, the Buffalo Bills have lost their star pass rusher for the season to a torn ACL. Now, there's been a lot of hot takery. Obviously, everybody rushes to have a a reaction, a response. I first, because you know me, I'm a volatile human being, but I first want to I want people to think about it like this. Let's first think about Von Miller as a human being here. Imagine that you were, I don't know if any of you have gone under the knife. Andy? Yep. What surgery have you had? Um, I have. A, I actually just violated HIPAA right there. That's fine. <laughs> you know, I have a, a scar on the side of my face because I had a, a cyst removed off the side of my face. Did they put you under for it? They sure did. Okay. Now, Chris. Yep. Ever had any kind of an invasive surgery where you'd be put under? Put under? I have a hearing loss in my right ear. I have no middle ear bones, so I've had 
a surgery to remove my ear bones and put in fake ones. And then because my body rejected them, another surgery to take out the fake ear bones. So I just don't have middle ear bones in my right ear. It's hard for me to pick up normal talking conversational tones. That's half the secret, Andy, to him doing this podcast with me. He can only hear me half the time. I was going to say, that's that's an interesting uh, ailment for a podcast producer. No, well, it's not... (laughs) It's not that bad. So, like, if you, if you generally have, like, a soft tone voice, like, mostly, like, women mm-hmm. or liberal males, <laughs> I can't hear you because <laughs> you're soft-spoken. Jesus Christ. <laughs> Guys, feel free to show up at a tailgate. Uh, we we t- 5330 Big Tree Road in the mud lot. Feel free to show up at a tailgate and just fight, Chris. I'll be there for the Dolphins game. It's going to be a lot of fun. <laughs> I think about it like this, because I've told my wife all that. I tell her all the time, I'm not going under. You can't get me to do it. She goes, what if it's an appendectomy? I've had a good run. <laughs> or just do it li- like, well, who, who was the uh, broadcaster who just said, fuck it, we'll do it live? Oh, oh that was uh, Bill, oh, o- Bill yeah. O'Reilly. Yeah, O'Reilly did that, yeah. She's like, I don't think they're just going to cut you open on your word that you're not going to freak out and yeah. fight them. Like, they're not going to do that. They'll either put you under or they'll just let you die of sepsis. And no. I tell her, I've had a good run. You're not putting me under. At the risk of oversharing, I, I had a buddy who um, <laughs> who was getting a vasectomy. And he uh, and that's a procedure that you're awake for. Yeah. No, he was like, no, you're going to put me the hell under. <laughs> I was like, what are you talking about? Like, you don't need an, an anesthesiologist for this. He goes, I do. You're going to put me under. I am not going to be awake for that. See, now what's funny is we know a guy, he's probably listening right now, uh, Bob. No, his name's Matt. He went and got one and thought he could play softball the same day. Oh, that's a bold strategy. It was hilarious. Yeah. Because you watch him just deteriorate over the course of 45 minutes. Yeah. No, that's a. Uh... <laughs> Even the ump, like he swung the bat at one point and actually got a hit and then just didn't leave the batter's box. He just watched it. <laughs> and then they threw him out at first base and he still hadn't left the box. <laughs> it was one of the funniest things I've ever seen. So. I, we're here tonight, and I'm thinking about this with Von Miller. He gets put under with this idea in his head that, like, hey, they're just going to do a routine cleanup procedure. I'm going to go to sleep, and I'm going to wake up, and then I'm going to go back to work, and me and my football team are going to go compete for a Super Bowl. And he wakes up to the news that this thing you love, this thing you've dedicated your entire life to, this thing that you've made personal commitments to your teammates. You uprooted your family and moved across the country. It'll be a year before you get to go do that again. Sorry. Unexpectedly, but unapologetically, you're done. Mm-hmm. The door is shut on you. When was the procedure done? This morning? I believe so. So the procedure happened this morning. By noon, it was on Twitter. Yep. That's I, a got a text from, I got a text from Kyle Trimble about it before the Bills tweeted it out. That's devastating stuff. Yeah. Because just because you're a millionaire doesn't mean that you don't have your own like aspirations, your own. I don't know. Just even just what that does to you mentally and the fact that you overestimated your own body. Mm -hmm. You really trusted that you were going to be okay. Like I saw people being like, he doesn't know what he's talking about. He's a fraud. He was just telling us the other day he was fine. Yeah, because he probably felt fine. Yeah. And he's also probably trying to will it into existence. Speak it into existence. This idea that he will be fine. Yeah. But when he he can play again, he'll be a year older. Yeah. He'll be a year out of football shape, even if he stays in shape in every other way. And that, like, 
It's going to be not just we're seeing it with Trey White. It's not just a physical road; it's a mental one. Yeah, that's a terrible place for a hyper competitive human being to be put. So let's all before we do our own hand wringing, because trust me, we're going to. I mean, <laughs> far be it from me to just take the high road on everything. But before we get into all of that, let's just take a step back and view this from just a human perspective. What he's going to go through. The doubt he's going to incur. He's an old guy with two two devastating knee injuries that is going to have to somehow come back and try to justify an enormous salary next year, knowing that he's coming in late. Like he's going to pay a personal price for that, and I genuinely do feel for him. And I feel like in that way he deserves a lot of our sympathy. Now, Andy, since you're here, sure. you are a you're a prayer leader. Mm-hmm. If you could lead us in just a short prayer for Von Miller. Absolutely. Father God, we pray for Von Miller, not as a, an athlete, not as a you know, contributor to our fantasy football teams or whatever he is to us as individuals, but we pray for Von Miller, the man, that you, uh, that you give him hope and encouragement, that he's aware of your presence, that he's aware of how much he's loved uh, by you, by his family, by... Uh, by members of this community and by this uh, this city at large, uh, help him to be encouraged by that, to be bolstered by that, um, that he can recover from this physical ailment without taking a mental hit, uh, without taking an emotional or spiritual hit. Um, that he will come back every bit the every bit the man he was before. Football aside, you know, on the field stuff aside, that he comes back as the, a player who uh, who's just aware of his worth not only as a man on the field, but um, in the community and to his family. Uh, we just pray for Von Miller to, um, to be the best version of himself um, throughout this whole process and when he returns. In the name of Jesus, amen. I appreciate that, Andy. Thank you. Th- that was nice. Thank you. And I appreciate you coming on our show and doing that. <clears throat> just like being here and being a part of this conversation. And... <sighs> I still, like, I, I can't help but feel like Will Ferrell in old school. That's right! We can't have anyone freak out out there, okay? We've got to keep our composure! We've got too far! There's too much to lose! We've got to keep our composure! <laughs> I'm trying not to freak out over here, because I still have questions beyond just, why him? Yeah. Why us? These existential questions that people reach out to religion for. Question like... Like, how did the Bills get to a Super Bowl without the just this preeminent piece of free agency that was signed specifically for the purpose of making a postseason difference? Who the hell is going to help us intimidate Kansas City? He was an integral part of the, our victory over them earlier in the season. Absolutely. Who's going to pick up the slack for that? Why shouldn't I drown my frustration in two gallons of Montucky? climb out onto my roof and scream at the moon in frustration tonight at the risk of sounding blasphemous there's a different almighty that i'm going to turn to for those answers we're driven by the search for better but when it comes to hiring the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all don't search match with indeed Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. 
Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. (sighs) Mr. Bruce Nolan. (laughs) Mr. Bruce Nolan, if there's ever been a time that I needed you, it's right now. How are you, sir? Well, I just hope that I'm able to provide you with the guidance and uh, the shepherding, if you will, (laughs) that you need. I'm trying my best to use the most spiritual of terms for this discussion. Let's start with where I just left off for myself and everybody else listening, because I, I assume because I assume that you're not going to join me in drinking enough tonight to drown a small Polynesian village over today's disappointing news. Correct. Very unlikely. Very unlikely. I have my own show. I have to record. I have an article I have to write. I have dogs to take care of. I, I don't really have the opportunity to be wallowing much. I, I've tried my best to have a a fairly comedic view of this it's almost a defense mechanism for me when something like this happens so most of my reactions on twitter or otherwise have been in the let's see how funny of a gif i can use at this point (laughs) what does that chris you always say well my only question in this is thanksgiving trey white acl thanksgiving von miller acl what can we do to change this from a superstition standpoint? <laughs> I think really blessing the turkey ahead of time <laughs> probably helps. I think that the opportunity, you know, the idea that you would bless food is hopefully that you will not get sick right, from this food. It will be blessed, right? So maybe I'm thinking maybe blessing the turf as well would help. We have, we have, I know we have a team chaplain. So if you get the team chaplain to bless the turf... I feel like that's moving in the right direction. See, and maybe this just says talks says more about me personally. I my mind immediately went exorcism because I'm always looking at the I'm always looking at the negative side of things here, Bruce. So when you think about this move, just kind of in the because again, this is very knee jerk. This is the knee jerk reaction podcast, pun intended. Do you get the feeling from watching Frazier operate both immediately after losing Vaughn during that Lions game and then in their approach to this most recent Patriots game that something like this will require eventually when you start playing teams with a much more dynamic offense, a major overhaul to their scheme? Or do you think that what we've gotten is what we're going to get? I would be surprised if you saw a very, very, very different scenario with the scheme than you did moving forward. Now, I do think that it's interesting that Jared Goff was blitzed 43% of the time against the Lions, and then Mac Jones was blitzed 8% of the time. Both games were mostly, or not entirely, if not entirely, without Von Miller. But they were very, very, very different from a pressure package standpoint. Mm -hmm. So I don't think that there's going to be 
an immediate response where it's, well, I think the scheme has to be very, very different. I think you invested meaningful draft capital in A.G. Epinesa and Boogie Basham. Greg Rousseau is starting to turn a corner this year. I think you've gotten above average play relative to what you would expect a DE4 to give you when you sign Shaq Lawson. I would be surprised if the absence of Von Miller necessitated a very significant change in Leslie Frazier's mind. I just, I keep thinking about, like, the images are going through my head, like uh, an episode of Dawson's Creek. Not that I've ever watched that show. I'm just trying to picture some uh, hyper emotional drivel where somebody's looking longingly out the window and thinking about the past. And I'm just, I'm seeing Von Miller be such a vital piece to our win in Kansas City. Uh, thinking about him leading the team in sacks, uh, top 10 pass rush win rate player. There isn't a singular piece. To this that can replace what he brought to the table or the way he forced offensive coordinators to account for his presence. What's your level of confidence in the candidates that are out there replacing Miller snaps? Like just in terms of the quality of the options available. None of them even comes close to Von Miller. It's just that simple. So I'm not going to sit here and say, well, you know, it's going to be fine because AJ Epinesa or it's going to be fine because Boogie Basham. No, it will be lesser. Now, if it will cross, if the lesser will cross the threshold towards, well, now we can't win a Super Bowl, I don't think that's true. I think this team was good enough to win a Super Bowl last year, and they didn't have Von Miller. And I think it's really important that if you look at the defensive line, just as a starting four, two of the four starting positions are better this year than they were last year, even absent Von Miller. So if you take away Von Miller and you substitute the way that Gregory Rousseau has been playing, which has been, mind you, there was a good stretch of the amount of time this year where Gregory Rousseau had a better pass rush win rate than Von Miller. Like, that was a, that was a thing that happened after a meaningful stretch of time this year. I'm not saying, again, please, I'm not saying Gregory Rousseau is better than Von Miller. Please. Guys, no, we, re- we remember right? what you thought about <laughs> We still remember on this podcast. Your, your yes, reaction. I said, please don't trade up for Gregory Rousseau. That's what I said. <laughs> and... That yeah, was a whole thing that I said, because I thought what you were going to do with him is you were going to try and bulk him up and play him in three tech or like a five tech and a three, four defense. That's what I thought you were going to do with Gregory. So instead, they leaned him out and played him on the edge. So they, they pulled in AJ Epinesa mm-hmm. with him. But what I am saying mm-hmm. is that this version of Gregory Rousseau is better than last year's version of Gregory Rousseau. And Daquan Jones is markedly better than Starla Tule and Harrison Phillips. So I think two of your four spots are better. Ed Oliver's starting to come back into form after dealing with an an injury his beginning of this year. So I'm not saying that this isn't a bad thing. It is. It absolutely is. And I'm not saying that there is a singular piece that's going to replace Von Miller, and there isn't. I'm not even saying there's a collection of people. Well, you know, that's the line everyone gives you. They say, oh, well, you know, it's going to take more than one person. No, no, no. You can't play five defensive linemen (laughs) instead of four. Like, that's not a thing. You can't (laughs) say, well... You know, Von Miller's a 10, so we'll just replace him with two fives. That's not how this works. That's like George Carlin. That's not how any of this works. Well, it's like George Carlin's jokes, joke where he's like, I've never slept with a 10, but one night I did get five twos. <laughs> right, there you go. Like, that's not how it works. It's just accumulative. That's not how it works, right? But what I am saying is that I think there's a reasonable argument that the defensive line as constructed right now is similar. If not, maybe you can make an argument a smidge better than it was last year at this time. 
even absent Von Miller, because of the upgrade that Daquan Jones gives you, not just as a run stuffer. Daquan Jones rushes the passer far better than any one tech the Buffalo Bills have had recently, since probably Marcel Darius. Definitely better than Charlotte Tulele. So, I mean, that's that's saying something right there. And then you bring in the depth with Tim Settle and, you know, other guys. Okay, so you're, you're talking me off the ledge here. Just kind of an outside the box question that popped into my head while I'm listening to you talk. Does this does this or does it correlate? Because we as drunken raving lunatic fans like to correlate things that don't necessarily have anything to do with each other. Does this put more pressure kind of indirectly on Ken Dorsey? Yeah, absolutely. Complimentary football necessitates that one side pick up slack for the other side. That's just the way it works. And we every time that the team wins and one of the sides is not like completely and embarrassingly bad. What does the coach say in the locker room after the game? That's some good complimentary football guys. That's some good complimentary football offense, defense. They try and give each other like, like they'll give a game ball to like someone on every single unit just to prove their point that it was complimentary football. And then when you have a quarterback who is trained in all of the cliches, like, he has the cliches tattooed on his chest so that when he takes his shirt off to go to bed at night, he can read them before he goes to bed. He'll say, you know, we played really good complimentary football. That's what we did. And so those things are cliches, but they're cliches for a reason. Complimentary football is a thing, right? Uh, the famous stat that's been thrown around many, many times this year is that the Broncos would be really, really good if the offense could score 18 points every game. <laughs> that's it. 18. <laughs> Just get 18 points from the offense every single game, and they would have been, like, really good this year. I, That's a great example I saw of complimentary a, football. I did see a picture today or a graphic where they said that if the Broncos, like, if they said, hey, if every team that lost or won a one-score game, if that record was inverted, where would every team be? And the Broncos would be a playoff team. Like, that's embarrassing. Like, and then you have defensive tackles. Yeah. All right, so at least we don't have that level of chaos. We have chaos, just not quite that level. So you're not going to binge drink. You're not going to throw things. You're not going to destroy anything because you're a much classier human being than me. Final words, just to try to soothe the angst of a just hard-drinking, over-emotional Bills fan out there. I mean, obviously, we're not talking about me. You know, other people. Other people who, (laughs) who may or may not fit that category. What would you say to them to try to make them feel better or at least help them cope? Was it over when the Germans bombed Pearl Harbor? That I is, thought you'd appreciate that. That is perfect, sir. We love you. You're off to go record your show, the Bruce Exclusive. Everyone can find you in the Buffalo Rumblings Network. Where can they follow you on social media? If you so feel inclined, you can follow me at Bruce Exclusive on Twitter and Instagram. Bruce Nolan. He's on Twitter at Bruce Exclusive. My best friend in content creation. Chris's best friend, by which he means two guys who have zero tolerance for other people. We don't talk to each other exclusively because of that. Like it literally like I didn't talk to him. What I love is when you say that he agrees with you. Yeah. You say it jokingly and he goes, no, I love Chris. He goes, Chris never approaches me for anything. No. Only only when we need him to come on to the podcast. And then we joke around and we have the podcast time. And then when we're done, like he sat with us and had drinks in your house. Yeah. And he goes, like, we actually had a had a good laugh because I remember people being like, you guys sat in the room with him and you, you don't know his name. 
I do you know how many drinking buddies I've had over the years that I never knew their actual name? I just had a good time. That's all I knew. But it didn't matter. I knew they were all right people. He likes us, but he also but he, he likes us because we give him that, but also he loves Chris because Chris has the same level of apathy and he does. <laughs> so we're switching to moonshine. You know, Ice House aside, guys, shock glasses of moonshine up. Thank you, Rhodes, for this. The uh, strawberry, it's delicious. Guys, down the hatch. Mm. Moonshine podcasting. Ooh. So we're sitting here in this room. We just had this conversation. How do we feel now? Like, let's talk about the guys who are left. Like, do you feel after having time to just sit and digest the information and think about what the team was last year without Von Miller, with mostly the same parts, maybe even an upgrade because there's no Levi Wallace. Instead, you have a first-round draft pick and a journeyman veteran cornerback in Xavier Rhodes and a Dane Jackson who, not for nothing, was playing your CB1 role. Like... The pieces you have, you have the same linebackers. You have a defensive line that's deeper at tackle and different. Do you feel better thinking about it through that lens? You're asking me? Yes. Yeah. Okay. No, I do. I because Von Miller didn't get snatched away in the night. He's still a member of this football team. He still brings um, that leadership to the locker room. He's still. Uh, is going to be a force that Jordan Phillips is going to look to for inspiration and for Greg advice. Rousseau and those Greg guys. Greg Rousseau, like, yeah. Like, look at we still see Micah Hyde on the sidelines. Yeah. Like if anything, Chris, doesn't that speak to the job McDermott's done? Yeah, yeah. But like, guys can... get hurt and they're done for the season. You see them go home and they rehab and they yeah. stay. How many guys who are done for the year in week two are traveling with the team every single week? Yeah, coaching Hyde, on the sideline. Hyde's doing that. I'm pretty sure Von Miller will do that. He's and, and look, he this needs is, to be around the locker room with all those young guys yeah, to keep is, him motivated. It's not a destination city we're in either. If we were in Miami or Los Angeles, you'd be like, oh, they're, they're sticking around town because it's a good time. But also they're going to be with the team a little bit. These people are these players are staying in Buffalo of all places, places that they don't have family. They don't live maybe the rest of the year, but they're staying here. So I think uh, I think Micah Hyde's a great example of why our. Uh, why our safety tandem has been okay in his absence. And I think that we haven't lost Von Miller. He's he, just changing roles. Yes, he's he's becoming a, 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 another coach. Isn't that what they said about him in training camp? Yeah. They said, like, oh, my God, we have a coach. For, like, he's a great player, but also you can watch him teaching the young guys. Yes. Well, now we're going to have him teaching the young guys full time. Right. And he obviously doesn't feel that bad if he said a couple weeks ago that he was going to play against the Jets. So he's, it's not like he's, you know, laid up in a hospital bed or something. He's just, he's got to recover and he's got to rehab, but he'll be okay. When I look at it from a personnel perspective, I didn't want to get into the weeds with Bruce because again, I don't like to take up a lot of the guy's time. He's a busy man. Also, not for nothing, he very much just has this, like, I don't know. He has a way of explaining things that I'm like, well, I don't need to ask this question. In fact, I feel like I, I, I already I have an answer myself, and I'm looking at it now. You look at the options we have left. He was talking about how there, there's there's no way to replace. You don't replace. What no. you do is you figure out what comes next. 
when you look at the options we have left, I'm looking at four. AJ Epinesa, Shaq Lawson, Boogie Basham, and AJ Klein. AJ Klein is a player that I think everyone has forgotten about, first and foremost. AJ Klein is a guy who, during 2020, had six sacks as an edge rusher when the Bills figured out, hey, don't make him a stand-up linebacker. Don't make him play Sam linebacker. Put him on the line, let him rush, or at least chase RPO teams in the backfield because it gives them a different look because we have a D-end and then this guy coming off that D-end's hip. It it gave them something to think about, and he made a lot of negative plays down the stretch. Boogie Basham, he's been quiet, but he grades as one of Buffalo's better pass rushers, if you believe PFF. Shaq Lawson, surprisingly solid in like red in like red zone run defense. They put him in in those sub packages. I remember the Ravens game. You saw Shaq Lawson down there on those late game stands. That goal line stand against the Ravens specifically. Shaq Lawson was an integral part of us holding them, getting the ball back, and going the, going down the field and kicking a game winning field goal. That's it. A.J. Epinesa. Chris, the A.J. Epinesa that I destroyed a whole draft live stream over. Yep. I was there for it. Quietly having his best professional season. Five sacks, 19 pressures. Never listed as a starter. In his last two full games played, look at his stat lines. One sack, one tackle for loss, two batted passes, and a forced fumble against Minnesota. Against New England, one sack, two tackles for a loss. If it happens, to quote uh, Mike Tomlin, if it happens twice in the NFL, that's a trend. This is a defensive end who, for the first time in his career, is trending towards looking like an impact player, which none of us can say he looked like before that. Do we believe, Chris, that this team has the horses and the coaching? They do, even though you don't believe it. Andy, what do you think? I agree with you that I forgot about A.J. Epinesa. Um, And this is just a a me thing. I keep thinking A.J. Epinesa sucks because I keep confusing him with uh, former uh, Pills defensive player A.J. Tarpley. (laughs) (laughs) They're They're both obscure players. Right. Although A.J. Tarpley did have a game-winning interception against the New York Jets. Yes, and A.J. Tarpley went on to play for the San Diego Fleet in the AAF. Oh, that's right. Yes, he was a star on that team. Of course he was. Right. (laughs) Uh, So, yeah, I uh, immediately and always uh, discount uh, A.J. Epinesa because I think it's the same guy, and that's just me. But, no, I I think that we're we're well-coached. I think we're mentally tougher than we've been at any point during the drought. Because during the drought, we would lose one good player. We would have one you know, bad game. And we, and we were short on talent in the first place, but it, that was enough to make us completely fall apart. See, that's, that's it. Chris, this team, like where we are right now, just, we're not going to crumble. Correct. Is it going to put a tremendous amount of pressure on our coaching staff? Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. I mean, the money they spent, not just now, but think about next year. The money that they spent on Von Miller to make up, like, part of that was done to make up for some of the schematic deficiencies that we have year in and year out that the Chiefs just feast on. Right. 
AJ, like Jerry Hughes is still leading. He's still in the top 10 for pass rush win rate. He's still creating quarterback pressures. He was doing that for Buffalo last year. It didn't matter. Like when it needed to matter, it didn't matter. There was no one there to make this the big sack, get the strip sack, fumble, make a play, pressure the quarterback in a key situation. We didn't have that guy. Now we're back to not having that guy. Like it was spent to make up for the deficiencies that teams like Kansas City have gotten to exploit against us. It also carries a ripple effect into next year. Because one of our biggest cap hits of the season won't be available until, I don't know, December. Yeah, if we're the, being optimistic, yeah, December. The 12-month recovery holds. And if he's you know superhuman and is able to... Uh, how old is he? How old is Von Miller right now? 30, 33. 33. Okay. 33. Now, he's a superhuman 33. Sure. But 33. But superhuman 33 doesn't bounce back as fast as superhuman 26. Not by a long shot. Oh, that peach moonshine. Jesus. I don't know what's worse, the ice house or the moonshine. Ice house. It's all terrible. Sure. No, in fact, this moonshine is actually make. I I joke, the moonshine's making up for the ice house, but I know that that's way worse for me. It's way worse. So then you think about this. It's just another gut punch for a team that's been somehow rolling on through just hit after hit after hit. At a certain point, you have to question how many more hits can this roster sustain before things do start to fall apart. You know, I think about last year's Ravens team. They were 8-5, and five, but they lost a star cornerback and then a running back and then another running back, and that was in the preseason. And then throughout the course of the season, just attrition to their linebackers, to safeties, to... A, they reached a point where finally Lamar Jackson goes down, and they're just like, oh, that's it. He was our one-star player, and it's right. a bridge too far. Everybody pack it in. Try again next year. And they scored points, but they lost five in a row to miss the playoffs. Like, Von Miller isn't our last star, but he was one of our biggest and brightest. Yeah. And that sucks, knowing you the, like, the thing that you signed him for, that's lost. I, I look at it and I think to myself, this Bills team right now resembles the tank from the film Fury. Except we look more like the last half hour of the film than we do at the beginning. Like, beat up. Some parts of it are just completely shot to hell. There's smoke coming out of the left side. But aren't most teams in this position right now? Like, maybe most teams haven't lost. A, most teams don't have a Von Miller status player in the first place. But aren't most teams hurting, beat up, banged up? Aren't the the Chiefs kind of playing shaky football right now because they've had injuries? They are. So I I think there's a little bit of a pause here to look around the league and compare ourselves to other teams. I know you're you're not supposed to compare to other teams and you're supposed to focus on yourself. (laughs) No. Like, comparatively speaking, we're doing okay. We're going to be fine. See, I think about, like, I hear what you're saying. To your point, to what you're saying. If you just choose to see your team in a vacuum, right. when bad things happen, that's how you end up like sitting out in your car in the driveway, drinking whiskey, listening to Bob Seger by yourself at two in the morning. Not that I know anything about that. I'm just, <laughs> I'm just speculating that that's how some people... Hypothetically speaking. Hypothetical as to how some people might handle it. 
But the reality is the fight's not over. No. It doesn't end. I mean, my buddy Divini says all the time, when bad things happen, he goes, listen, this sucks, but I got to get up for work in the morning. Same way I did the day before. Regardless of how upset we might get about this, the sun will rise tomorrow. And Saturday, there will be a football game. And this team loves Von Miller. This team has embraced, like he's become a leader instantaneously from day one. So this is a team that will, I believe, play harder for Von. The offense is going to want to score more points because the defense might not be able to hold as well. The defense is going to want to step up and make some plays for Vaughn. I feel like, you know, you don't get more talented because you're emotionally attached to a player that got hurt. But I do think that the team, as individuals and as collectively as a group, acknowledge that they have more work to do to make up for this tremendous loss in, in Vaughn Miller on the football field. So I don't think that's lost on anybody, especially the leadership you have on the offense that starts with Josh Allen. It's going to be reflected in how they play and how they game plan and how they execute. I don't think that you replace him. I don't think we're going to be just as good, if not better. But I think we'll be okay. (laughs) One of my fears is, Chris, haven't we talked about how the money made Josh Allen reckless? Yeah. What do you think the, 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 the acknowledgement that, like, hey, so not only did the money make you more reckless, because now you feel like if I get crippled, I'm still a millionaire, but then also... Now I'm missing, like, the guy who came here because of me. Like, the star player who I helped recruit to the team is now gone. And it's me. I have to be the decision. Like, you might get to see the... Like, Josh Allen might be reaching his final form now. (laughs) Like, we might might get to see Josh Allen finally go nuclear. Right. And I don't know if that's a good thing or a bad thing. It'll be something to see. If it's not the return of Hero Ball, that'll be okay. <laughs> it's going to be something. But the reality is, is it's going to happen whether we like it or not. The games are going to come. They're going to play them. And it's going to happen every weekend henceforth until the Bills either hoist the Lombardi or send us all home crying in our beers again for another season. Everything now lies in the hands of a handful of people. A process-driven coach, a rookie offensive coordinator who seems to be turning a corner, some banged-up defensive stars, a really savvy defensive coordinator, and a quarterback who's proven to anybody who's watching that he will run, jump, and cartwheel headfirst into the gates of hell themselves in pursuit of wins on the football field. You have to hope that that's enough. Josh Allen's a dangerous man because he doesn't care if he gets hurt. <laughs> he, he, he's, and I can only imagine the pressure that he now feels to deliver. Yeah. I just, I don't know. I wouldn't want to be in between him and the end zone. I'd, I wouldn't want to be the New York Jets this weekend. No. I think that this is, this weekend is going to tell us a lot about what this team is made of yeah. mentally. I hope that the Bills take their frustration and their... Uh, their you know grief at the loss of Von Miller as as a teammate for the year, and they take it out on the Jets and they just beat the tar out of him. I've had moments in my life where you basically get painted into a corner and everyone goes, oh, you know, backed into a corner. The reason that people who are backed into a corner with no way out become more dangerous is because of this idea that it it steals your resolve. And you just go, okay, I only have one direction left if if I'm going to survive and it's to push. 
that sometimes makes you more dangerous. Yep. And so in that way, I'm really excited to see with this news what happens on Sunday or it's, uh, j- just to see how this all plays out. This is the third game of the Mike White era. Yeah. I'm looking forward to the Let's inevitable get- third game meltdown that we all expect from Mike White. Yeah, we're going to talk about that in tonight's preview show. But from right now, I'm going to f- I'm going to finish this shot of moonshine. Guys, for tonight, we all just kind of drink and raise a glass. We we toast to Von Miller for a healthy and speedy recovery. To the Bills coaching staff for the job that we think you're going to do, think you're capable of doing. To the players in the Bills roster for the job that we think you're capable of doing. And for the rest of us, that we maintain our sanity for at least another week. <laughs> Guys, I'm Drew Gear. That's Andy Parks. Raise a glass. Cheers. Cheers. Chris. Mazeltov. Cheers. That's Chris Kruger. That's Andy Parks. I'm Drew Gear, and this has been your knee-jerk reaction rock pop report.